Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today, we have uh, some really esteemed panelists with us. Um, uh, one, uh, these three people have been tirelessly working for uh, people who have been uh, facing court battles who are veterans. Uh, we have Lori Roper, the Cook County su- uh, Supervisor, Attorney Problem Solving Courts, and Brian Scanlon, the Cook County Assistant Attorney, Public Defender Office. And we also have uh, Bishop Joseph L. Coffey, a U.S. Command Chaplain, Combat Assault Battalion, and Assistant Chief of Staff for Religious Ministry, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, San Diego, California. Uh, I have an esteemed panel, as you can hear from all of these accolades, their, their backgrounds and what they have done. Today we're going to have a Veterans Court Community Outreach Discussion. So, uh, Lori, how, why don't you lead us in and let us know what is happening with this court system? Well, uh, as you well know, uh, every uh, week we, or every time we come on the show, we strive to present information to the public about how Veterans Treatment Court uh, is helping veterans in the community. And one such person that can give us more information is Bishop Coffey. He has such an impressive bio, yes. as you uh, relate. It, it is really impressive. I'm really, um, what really struck me is that he did a year at the Savon University in Paris. Yes. And so that sounds really exciting, as well as all his other accolades. And uh, more importantly, uh, uh, Bishop Coffey is involved with veterans. So that is why we brought him on the show and so I'm going to have Ryan uh, just lead uh, Bishop Coffey into what what exactly he's doing, what he's doing now to help our men and women who may find themselves in a situation where they need assistance. Yeah, I was looking at his resume, and I was wondering, what hasn't uh, Bishop Coffey done? <laughs> I, I'm looking through this with the automobiles in Switzerland and instructor, ski instructor. I mean, uh, I thought I had an active life until I started reading his bio. <laughs> so why don't you lead us into it, Brian? <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Bishop, for coming on the show. And I would really like to say thank you because I strive every month to get somebody to come on the show who who can participate, share their experience, not only just helping veterans in trouble, but helping veterans in general. And I'd like to say uh, to the Bishop, thank you. You're a lifelong Philly resident, I see. And uh, could you please explain to us what brought you to Europe and then what brought you into the clergy? Sure. Am I on? Yes, you are, sir. Oh, wonderful. Yes, thank you very, very much for inviting me to be participating today. Uh, I am from Philadelphia, and uh, unfortunately all that stuff in the resume is true. It's all kind of a crazy life leading up to the priesthood. But my junior year of college at LaSalle College, I studied French for basically traveled all over Europe with a backpack and just was really enjoying life, just trying to figure out what I was going to do eventually when I grew up. 
Well, I didn't really figure that out till I was 30 after selling cars in Germany and Belgium to American soldiers, uh, ski instructor in Switzerland. I did a whole bunch of different things, school teacher for one year. Uh, at the age of 30, I entered the seminary and became a priest. But in the meantime, I also became a chaplain candidate for the U.S. Navy. So I got a direct commission as, a, uh, as an officer. And then after five years in the priesthood, I was able to go on active duty with the Navy as a chaplain and then serve for the next 19 years on active duty as a chaplain with uh, assignments with the Navy, the Marines, and the Coast Guard, which was a great honor to, to serve. And I love being a veteran now because I am now actually retired from the Navy and working full-time as a auxiliary bishop for the military archdiocese. What that means is everybody who's in the military, while they're in the military who's Catholic, belongs to the military archdiocese. And because we're all over the world with our bases, we have four auxiliary bishops that help our arch. I have the responsibility of the Veterans Hospital, so I'm the vicar for Veterans Affairs. We have 152 veterans hospitals in the U.S., and most of them have at least one priest chaplain. So I'm their vicar, and my job is to go around the country visiting our priest chaplains who are who are employed full-time with the, the veterans hospitals, and they're endorsed by the military archdiocese. So primarily I am helping all the priests who help our veterans at the various veterans hospitals, uh, leading... Um, small group workshops and, uh, like, counseling sessions and, uh, of course, all the sacramental things like Mass. And so I primarily deal with the priests who are helping our veterans, uh, young and old. So that's what I get to do, and it's a great blessing, believe me. Wonderful, Bishop Coffey. I was just curious, what led you to the Navy as opposed to maybe, you know, when we have our young, uh, young men and women out there listening, what drew you to the Navy? Well, I grew up watching MASH, so I knew Father Mulcahy. I, I would have happily been an Army chaplain as well, but my father had been in the Navy as a, a doctor, and my little brother, Villanova, ROTC, and he was in the Navy as a full to be a chaplain candidate. So when I got my commission, I was an ensign, but my little brother was seven years younger than me, but he was a full lieutenant, so I had to salute him every morning, and he laughed and I laughed. It was great. So I primarily joined the Navy because of my father and my brother. Wonderful. Do you find it difficult working between the branches when you reach out to help uh, anybody, or is it just a very cohesive unit? No. I mean, we joke a lot in the military, but it's primarily about sports, like Army-Navy football games, things like that. But at the end of the day, it's... We really believe it's one team, one fight, and especially now that I'm with the military archdiocese, I am very ecumenical among with my Army and Air Force and Coast Guard and Navy brothers and sisters. So yeah. I, I work for all of them now, not just the Navy. Wonderful. And as um, Lori and I have experienced in Veterans Treatment Court, we have a great diverse amount of people, men and women. Um, how, uh, what I want to say is, you know, you have to deal with various religions and people of various backgrounds. Um, we in Veterans Treatment Court have to try and bring people together for a common mission. Um, when somebody runs afoul of their mission, how, how do you bring them back to the fold? 
Well, the great thing about being a Navy chaplain is we were able to work with um, faith groups of many different denominations, uh, chaplains of all different faith groups. And you really learn at a very early age when you're a, a military chaplain that you have to really cooperate with people of other faith groups because the military is just a wonderful example of America where we have so much diversity of, of religion and, and practice. We have people of every conceivable faith in the military, and there's people with no faith. But at the end of the day, if they need a chaplain, we're there for everybody. So we have a, an expression that we we provide for our own so that I would provide religious services for Catholics, but we facilitate for others, and we care for all. So every chaplain takes that very seriously. So I've never had a problem working with other people of other faiths, and we have a very collaborative-type ministry. And I think any priest who's working in a veteran's hospital now is the same way, because if they didn't feel comfortable working with people of different faiths, then they would have stayed in their own parish and never, like, joined or the vet affairs uh, in the first place. So that it's, it's really, I, I think it's a great way to, to share our faith, but cooperate with people of other faiths and really respect everybody of, of all faiths and even people with no faith, just respect them as a human being, as a person who might need some help. Wonderful. Wow. Wonderful. Are there any, oh, go ahead. Maybe I was going to say, is there any new programs you might be working on during COVID to try and reach out to people? Well, COVID, as we know, has been a real, real um, challenge for all of us all over the world. Um, as I said, I go to the veterans' hospitals, and a lot of the in, the in the early stages, about a year ago, in the first couple of months, when there was so much confusion and fear and anxiety, and nobody really knowing what was going on as far as um, you know being asymptomatic but still being able to spread it, and all that concern. Uh, a lot of the VA hospitals were kind of close to routine care, but um, they were open for, uh, like, COVID patients. So I think a lot of stuff, unfortunately, got put on hold, but now things are opening back up again, thankfully. So a lot of the priests that I'm talking to are, are once again meeting with the veteran groups for, you know, talk about alcohol or, or um, substance abuse or or any kind of things like that with PTSD. One of the things that the um, maybe some of the younger uh, veterans are facing, well, the older ones did as well, but they didn't maybe call it the same thing as what we call moral injury, where sometimes they're having you know, real concerns about things that they had to do while they were you know, on active duty, maybe while they were on the battlefield. So I always try to remind them that, uh, St. John Paul II, one of our popes who grew up in Poland under Nazi rule, he credited the West for free, or saving the world from Nazi tyranny. And he said that military service was an honorable profession. So I always tell the people in boot camp where I had a couple of tours and also the veterans that what they did was very honorable, serving their country in uniform. So I try to give them some encouragement that way. And uh, I think a lot of our priests are are doing a lot of counseling with the veterans of all different ages and different battles and wars and, uh, and helping them with uh, any problems they might be having. But uh, 
they would have a better understanding of the actual programs that are happening in the veterans' hospitals. Wonderful. Um, any ideas? Yeah, I was just thinking how, uh, you know, intense a lot of that has have been, and particularly recently with COVID. But let's just turn to uh, your love of the uh, Philadelphia pink, and uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, noting that you like masks, I'm sure you are a big Dr. Stacey. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I said, I said, I see, I see that you're old enough to like masks, so I'm right. assuming you're a big Dr. J fan. Absolutely, and Moses Malone, <laughs> and we, 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 we finally won a championship in in '83, I believe, when we, we, uh, we finally got over the hump. But I'm a, I'm a lifelong Philadelphia fan, so I know agony and ecstasy. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, well, I can imagine that that, you know, does give you some kind of, um, you know, uh, this uh, noted distraction or just something different from uh, because uh, being uh, always, are you always on call for the service members or how how do they get in touch with you to uh, engage with you? Well, when I was on active duty, I, I would regularly, um, you know, have, a duty where I would ha- had the I would have the duty cell phone and whatnot, but now primarily my job is to go around the country. I fly and I drive both uh, all over the country to our veterans' hospitals. So the veterans themselves they wouldn't be contacting me so much as the priest chaplains that I work with. Okay, okay, that, you know that is really interesting. I think we have. Another veteran on the phone, uh, Judge Hooks, are you on the phone? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm here. Yes. I'm just listening. This is fascinating. Uh, yes. Nice nice meeting you, Bishop. Thank you for your service uh, with the Navy. Thank you. And otherwise, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, this interview. Enjoying this interview. Oh, yeah. good. Are you a veteran yourself? Uh, yeah, I did, did uh, 20 plus with the Marine Corps. Uh, but a lot of my time was with, yeah, uh, 20 with the Marine Corps, but I also did time with the uh, Naval Security Group and the Office of Naval Intelligence and uh, graduated from Naval Justice School. So I had a lot of time as a Marine officer with the, Na- with the Navy types. So I, I, I can appreciate the Navy on all different levels. Well, that's beautiful. My first tour was at Combat Assault Battalion, Okinawa. I was at Camp Schwab. And then I was at MAG-39 with the helicopters group in um, Camp Pendleton. And then I had the the Marine Corps boot camp in San Diego. So I love Marines. They're great. Yeah, yeah. most of my time was on the East Coast, Camp Lejeune, Quantico, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, naval base down there. But I was down there with the Naval Security Group. I passed through Rota, Spain, Naples, Italy, and... uh, Passed through with the Naval War College on a on a, on a course, so I, I've enjoyed my time. I, I only had one one experience out at uh, what is it at San Diego. I went out there as a reservist, and I had one experience uh, telling the Marines out of Camp Pelton during the during one of the wars that uh, that they were not going to be activated. It was the largest reserve center in the U.S. As soon as I got back to Chicago, I read that that reserve center had been activated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, you have all, you have a lot of West Coast time. I have a lot of East Coast time. So right. thank you for your service. I do have a question. Yeah, thank I looked you at for the yours, too. I, 
I looked at the picture, and you've got a um, you've got a gold uh, badge above your ribbons, and I can't couldn't enlarge that enough. Those are not aviator wings or submarine wings, are they? A submarine uh, badge, is it? On your picture? No, that is the no, that's the Fleet Marine Force FMF. Okay, that all is, right. Oh. That's for Navy Navy officers who have deployed with Marines, and uh, we have to earn that. And it's interesting, you, you can see if they blow it up, that there's no cross rifles on that, because that's only okay. for the chaplains. Uh, because gotcha. the chaplain, I think, I'm sure, is non-combatant under the Geneva Convention, so we don't carry weapons. But that's, right. a, that's a nice pin okay. for people who have served with Marines and deployed with them. Okay. When I was in, I'm not really sure. I retired in 95. I'm not sure if they had that, but they, they may have. No, that, but I, didn't, no uh, I think that, that's... It, uh, looks, that, it looks nice. They, yeah, that, that pin came after you retired. Okay. Good enough, then. Well, you earned it, that's for sure. Yeah, and Bishop... Well, thank uh, you very much. Yeah, and Bishop Coffey, I see you also had the Meritorious Service Medal, the Navy Commendation Medal with two gold stars, the Navy Achievement Medal with two gold stars, the Navy Service uh, Sea Service Medal, the National Defense Medal, uh, the War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal, uh, the War on Terrorism Service Medal, and the NATO Service Medal, and three Battle E ribbons. I, I'm like, you, how did your uniform hold all of this stuff? <laughs> Well, you know how it is in the military. We, we love that uh, the rack we call it sometimes, or the That's chest right. candy. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you start with one, and you, they just keep coming if you if you hang around long enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, do you have any special? You know, I mean, what are some of the cha- most you know challenging things you deal with with the mental health intersection with faith? Because we have a lot of uh, veterans who. You know, in the current, um, you know, from OEF, OIF, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom, who came back, uh, you know, after doing multiple tours in Iraq or Afghanistan. And, you know, how do you um, approach that issue? Because you said you were, you know, giving counseling to the priests who are really helping veterans in hospitals. And and I I can only imagine that's a very heavy intersection. Well, it really is. I think we're all aware of the the real growing burden for our country of um, the suicides from among veterans. It's a real it's a real heartache to think of when we hear about the numbers. I think it's like about twenty a day. Yes. So everybody, I think, from the DoD on down, is is really aware of the problem, and and they're trying very very hard to provide um, the resources, the counseling, the the medical professionals, the psychiatrists, psychologists, chaplains, I think they're not ignoring the problem and they're not, you know, burying their head in the sand. I think we're all trying to address this problem of veterans who are giving up and not maybe getting the help they need and taking their own lives. Um, so I just think we have to all continue to to be aware of that problem and, and really uh, continue to address it and continue to encourage our veterans to seek the treatment that is so readily available through our veterans' hospitals. And, and, and even while people are still on active duty, there, there's, the help is there, but we have to get the, uh, the word out to the veterans that, that the help is available so that they, they feel that they can 
they can get the help that they do need because it's really a problem. Yeah, because, you know, I, I was uh, with a Black Hawk helicopter unit when I was in Iraq, and uh, I did about 70 missions on the helicopters. But uh, each time, the first time I remember, I was sitting there, and if you didn't show up on time, they didn't actually allow you to fly. You had to go through the entire briefing and safety check uh, list. And I remember, you know, they were sitting there waiting, and I said, are you, who are you waiting for? Because we're, you know, we finished the safety check, and if anyone was here, wasn't here, they can't fly. And they said, oh, we're just waiting for one person. It was the chaplain. So the chaplain came up and started praying, and I was like, we do this every time we do a mission. They said, we don't know if we're coming back. And uh, we got to the face, you know, the, the old saying that there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. And uh, that, that really helped us through, you know, having that, um, you know, rosary around our necks. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, letting us know that there was something higher than us. Um, wh- what do you recommend to commanders as far as, you know, with the units that are existing now, as far as, how they should be engaging their chaplains and talking to uh, the soldiers and the, and, the, and the service members, you know, whether it's right. sailors or uh, anyone. Yeah. Well, I, I had the great blessing of serving under some outstanding commanders, male and female, over my years. And the smartest commanders are the ones that, that recognize that a chaplain can be a big help to their unit. Um, every once in a while, we'd find a commander that didn't really appreciate what a chaplain could bring to the table. They might prefer to have an extra supply officer or something like that. But I think for the most part, I mean, the chaplain corps goes back to the very earliest days of our country's founding. And I think most people in the military um, really do respect chaplains a lot, uh, and also corpsmen. They like both of them. Um so I, I just think it's a, a great thing when a, when a, a commander recognizes that uh, the, the chaplain can bring a lot to the table of spirituality and comfort to the to the people in his or her care, and that um, the, uh, the chaplain can really be a, a source of great strength and prayer. My my seven months in Afghanistan. I used to go around the FOB, the forward operating bases, and I handed out hundreds of rosary beads, and, and, mm-hmm. the, and the Marines were very happy to take them. Yes. Uh, and we had prayer, and, and, and they'd go out of the wire and go on a mission, and I think they knew and I knew that that, that could be it, you know, with those IEDs and snipers. So they always wanted to be as prepared as they could be, and I think that I, I tried to bring them some real uh, comfort and strength with the presence of God, praying with them. And if they didn't want to pray, I would I would just say, well, I'm going to pray for you, and they'd use say, okay, thanks, Jeff. So they were always very respectful. You know, I never met someone who was just, uh, you know, they may not have believed themselves, but they, they respected what I believe. And I think, you know, we sometimes hear bad things about the military, but anyone that served in the military, I think, would, would agree that it, it's such a, a wonderful uh, group of, of, of men and women from all walks of life, all different faith groups who have a, a real, I would think, re- I would say real respect for each other. And uh, that's what I experienced in my time in, in, in uniform, and, and I certainly would encourage that to continue. I hope it does. Okay, we're running out of time, but uh, uh, Judge, you know, uh, Judge Hooks, uh, I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank Lori Roper and Brian Scanlon for bringing this incredible guest here. 
And Bishop Coffey, God bless you and thank you for what you've done for the veterans and continue to do for them. Uh, You know, it is so uh, miraculous, so So beautiful what you're doing. Thank you so much. Very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I I, I want everyone out there, veterans, you know, look into this program, into the programs at the, uh, you know, the Veterans Court. They are doing some incredible work for our veterans. Uh, getting adjudicated in a, a much better way than uh, has been done in the past. Uh, they all are about service to our veterans. So uh, reach out to them, uh, Lori Roper, Brian Scanlon, uh, Judge Hooks, and Bishop Coffey, you keep doing God's work. We, we need you out there. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for all that you're doing. God bless all of you. Thank you. Okay, we're Thank moving so on to a commercial break, and we're going to uh, br- you know, stay with us, stay with us. And, uh, Lori, I think you want to say something really quickly. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying thank you. And I just wanted to, again, thank Bishop Coffee and thank Judge Hook. I appreciate you coming, being on the show, okay. informing our audience. Okay, thank you. Okay, stay with us, stay with us. We're moving on to the next phase. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.